0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yay, God. Well, it sure is good to be back home. I think um, I've got two homes, but this is definitely one of them. Um, It is such a joy. I was driving in from the airport on Friday morning, um, and I felt like I was coming home from a long ministry trip back to Bedford. I was kind of expecting them to drop me off at my old house in Pembroke Street, um, but that didn't happen. Um, but it's such a joy to be back. Um, I really want to encourage. You. I kind of such a, a privilege to, in many ways, be sent from this church, and I want to honor the team, and Caroline, and and uh, the rest of the team um, who who served um, in in helping me become who I am. And uh, it is such an incredible joy to feel like this is wonderful partnership. And uh, if you don't know anything about me, I get to travel into many different nations, I get to consult with um, incredible businesses and multinational companies, I get to work with loads of NGOs, non-government organizations in South Africa, and see God do some amazing things, and there are incredible, incredible testimonies of what God's doing in the nations. And the reality is those testimonies are to your account as a community because this is where I, I come from. And so I want to honor you for that. I want to say thank you for partnering um, with myself and Katya. My wife is at home um, and she is uh, getting ready to do a uh, mentoring day next week called The Stirring, where she's gathering uh, people who want to discover how to uh, get revelation from Scripture and how to preach and teach that. And so she's pretty busy. Plus, she's also looking after um, our two children who are Ezekiel and Evangeline, both um, under the age of two, and our little puppy called Oscar. And um, I'm not quite sure if I was that wise in agreeing to get a puppy because I feel like we've got five kids now, um, but it is so much fun. We're having so much fun based at a church called Harvest in uh, the city of Durban, and we have seen God do some incredible things, just amazing outpouring of His love and grace and establishing people in the truth of Father's love. I never get tired of the Father's love. Uh, It still undoes me. Every time I hear someone talk about the Father's love, every time I hear a song about the reckless love of God, I'm like a mess. Um, And and I love that that message of His love, that message of our adoption never ever gets old and for for eternity we're going to be celebrating that truth. Um we uh, uh, have be- begun to see some just outrageous healings and miracles. Katya and I have made it um, our passion for this next year to believe God uh, for physical impossibilities to get healed. And uh, so every night we-, we pray into that and we trust God that he would give us opportunities to pray for people with physical impossibilities. And I just wanted to share one or two stories of what God's been doing yeah, just in the last uh, few months around that, we uh, got to do some meetings in Amman, which is just outside of Durban. We did a healing school there, and we just saw just uh, many, many people encounter the Father's love. My. My basic uh, presupposition for healing school is to teach on the Father's love. Because if you get that, you get all the other stuff too. And um, just saw God do wonderful things. And one guy that came in, in the kind of uh, citywide celebration in the evening, had been um, hijacked uh, at gunpoint and shot. And uh, the result was he had a bullet lodged in his side. Uh, You could feel it. It could be seen. um, And because he couldn't afford health care, he lived with that bullet there for two years. And uh, after prayer, the bullet disappeared. Yay, God, right? Um, I was just in China um, in December. uh, I was saying to the guys earlier, it is so incredible what God is doing. He's so clever, God. He really is. And gathering uh, so many people from different nations, unreached people groups, those places that have never heard the gospel, into a city like China, where they get to encounter some happy Christians, and the result is they come to a meeting and respond to the goodness of God, and an unreached people group suddenly gets reached. It's never been more exciting to be alive than today. God is doing some incredible things in the nation. Do not believe what the newspaper clippings say. God is on the move. And uh, I I mean, just just to say this, I met someone from North Korea who's using his profession to plant hundreds of churches in North Korea. He's like, do you want to come to North Korea? I was like, I need to pray about that one. Um... (laughs) But it's just outrageously amazing what God is doing. And in that meeting, there was a, in those meetings, there was a lady uh, who came come in with eight pins, metal pins, in her neck. Um, and down on her back, just various. And she had limited mobility as a result because of a massive car accident that she was in. And after prayer, she could have complete mobility. It was completely restored. He is still the God of the impossible, right? And here's one for you that's going to mess with your mind, but I like it anyway. If the last two didn't mess with your mind, this one will. Uh, we, uh, at, off the back of our, our healing school in the Mams and Toti, um, they have had some outrageous breakthroughs in healing, and I was chatting to the pastor last weekend. He was saying to me, we, we've had a woman in our church who's HIV positive. And after we prayed, her CD counts came right down and the doctor said, you can come off all your medication. In fact, I don't understand how it is that you were once positive, but now you're negative. I mean, the doctor said that. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to get happy again because I like clapping and shouting. I'm from South Africa. Someone got healed of HIV. The impossible is becoming possible. Shika bazooka, right? Um, and so, I mean, it's just been so much fun getting to journey with God. And, and like I said, I so appreciate uh, the Kins arms and your partnership with us in, in heart, in love. And for many of you that don't know for a long season, even financially. And so I want to honor you, what you've sown into our lives, you get to reap in reward with us. And I want to say thank you for that. Won't you turn in your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 12? Can I just throw this in there very quickly? That's what it means to be an apostolic community, by the way. That it's not just who we gather, um, but who we send. And and I really do feel like I've been sent from this community. And I I really do want to say thank you. Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 1. therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of God on the throne, seated at the right hand. Um, of the throne of God. Um, when I, I first came to, to preach at the Kinz Arms many, many years ago, we were still meeting in Game Alice School, and I was living up north. And I came and preached on the power of celebration and joy. That was one of the first messages I preached in this church. And as I was praying about particularly this Sunday and what I should be speaking on, I felt God say, uh, You could invite them to even more celebration and joy. Um, that there's something of the kind of outrageous joy that should mark the life of a Christian uh, to be released in an increased measure because the greatest expression of counterculture Christianity that we can demonstrate in England today is a happy people. The kind of happiness that moves our faces. And... Um, I love, I love the first miracle that Jesus does, right? It's my favorite because I'm from Cape Town, and it's the one in the Gospel of John where he turns the water into wine. It is my all-time favorite. I love that Jesus, at a party where people have already drunk enough, decides that I'm going to go super extravagant and turn a whole lot of water into wine, over 800 bottles of wine. And this was a kind of party that wasn't a one-day party. This was not an English party. This is a kind of party from my kind of people where it was a whole weekend long. And these guys, this was on the third day. It wasn't like it was the first day. It was just the third day. They'd been drinking all weekend. And Jesus goes, I'm just gonna up it up a little bit and just take the celebration to a whole nother level. And he turns water into wine. It's outrageous. It is the most unnecessary miracle in the Bible. It's totally unnecessary. God just sometimes wants to bless us because he wants to bless us. And he turns this water into wine. As somebody once said and the church, has been trying to turn it back ever since. But he does so in this beautiful context of a wedding. And John is always giving us a little bit of a picture of what's to come. That's the way the book of John is written. He's talking, he's wanting us to see something of the wedding feast that's going to come. And he's wanting to see something of the celebration that's to come. There is a party that will make every other party look like nothing that is about to hit planet Earth when Jesus returns and makes all things new. And we're going to party with new wine for eternity. I think that's a good point. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is joy. And it's joy that, that should mock us. It's joy that should keep us in a place of strength. It's joy that should be the characteristic of God's people. And uh, somebody once said, it's not the kind of joy that's deep, 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 deep down. I love it when people say to me, no, I, I've got joy. And it just looks like you've been baptizing lemon juice. <laughs> it's not that kind of joy. It's the kind of joy that shifts a culture. It's the kind of joy that changes an atmosphere. <laughs> the Bible says of Jesus that he was anointed with the oil of joy above his companions. And people loved hanging out with Jesus. The only people who didn't like hanging out with him were the religious, the rule keepers. This is not appropriate. Remember someone coming up to me, and they said to me, Julian, I've got a real problem with your joy. All this happiness in your meetings, all this emotion in your meetings. And I said to him, sir, I appreciate that, but... um, Joy is not an emotion, it's a fruit. It's supposed to grow on you if you're a Christian, and people are supposed to be able to recognize it. I mean, it, it's supposed. To, it's supposed to, The Bible is full of moments where people go leaping, jumping, praising, shouting God, shouting to God, and they're turning around going, "What's up with that guy?" <laughs> the church was birthed in the context of joy. <laughs> I'm on a mission to bring back happy clapping to the church. And and I find it so fascinating because sometimes we think that joy and suffering can't mix together. And the result is we've bred Christians very often who are more preoccupied with their suffering than with the goodness of God. You know, Jesus understood that in the midst of suffering, the purpose of that suffering ultimately was going to be joy. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the suffering he was in. Joy's got great purpose. And, and, and if you embrace a theology of suffering without understanding joy, it's just self-harm. I'm just going to let that lay a little bit longer. It's self-harm. You see, joy works in the midst of suffering. As I drove past Bedford hospital to, the hospital to get to the hotel on Friday morning, memories came flooding back of a time around my wife and I's wedding time. I, it was an incredible privilege for us to have Simon and Caroline at our wedding and Simon preached at our wedding. Um, but what many people don't know is that we went through one of the worst Certainly for me, one of the most darkest times of my life around our wedding. A few weeks before um, we were to get married, I had a dream that my mum would die on our wedding day. And uh, they came over from South Africa staying with me, and my mum suddenly fell ill. And within a few days, almost just uh, 10 days before our wedding, she started having organ failure and was put into an induced coma. And uh, how many of you know that one of the most happiest times suddenly started to look bleak? And uh, it was really difficult. It was a very difficult time. And uh, I had to wrestle with God. And so even just driving past Bedford Hospital on Friday morning, I was like, whoa, there's a whole lot of emotion coming back suddenly. And And that's appropriate. It's not wrong. We're supposed to feel some of that. That's not inappropriate. But I remember wrestling with God the night before I was to get married to my beautiful wife and uh, getting a call that morning to say, on your way to sorry, you need to stop in and say goodbye to your mother because she might not make it through the evening. And at that point, joy is not the thing that I'm thinking about. And I remember wrestling with God, wrestling with with his goodness, wrestling with his purposes for my mother's life and for my life, and trying to figure out what was going on, and I had to come to a place where I had to choose joy because he's good. Good news is my mum is alive and well. Praise God. But for those of you, even from this community who uh, came to our wedding, one of the things that marked our wedding was outbreak of joy. In fact, Simon changed his message to speak about celebration. I mean, two opposite moments. And I love, in in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2, it says, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Paul is talking about a church that was in extreme poverty with abundance of joy. (laughs) It seems like two opposites coming together in one space. And I want to say to you that the purpose of joy is to keep you in the midst of suffering. (laughs) And the thing that happened for me was in the midst of some of the most darkest times that I've wrestled with God about his goodness. On our wedding day, the Holy Spirit fell upon the congregation and there were outbreaks of joy all across the room. There was a tangible sense of God's presence. I literally was holding my wife up because the presence of God had come upon her that she didn't want to fall over. She said to me, you got to hold me up. <laughs> because joy is not dependent on my circumstance. You see, if you're not a Christian here today and you don't quite get why we sing so loud, why we get so happy, why we have a smile that actually is authentic, It's because we understand that the goodness of God is not connected to what he is doing right now, but to what he has already done in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, the historical truth that Jesus died and rose again, he's no longer dead, places a secure hope and the truth that because he's alive and well, he is coming back again for us. And our life is not bookend by birth and death. Our life is bookend by resurrection and the return of Jesus. It's why we get to have joy even in the midst of suffering. Oh, I don't know about you, but that's good. <laughs> I grew up in a Pentecostal home. So like we know something about joy. When the going gets tough, the tough get happy. That's what we do. And I want to call us back to outrageous moments of celebration. Jesus is so incredibly kind. I look at the scriptures in the Old Testament, and it says of God that he prepares a table for us in the midst of our... I mean, who, who wants to eat food when your enemies are encamping around you? but that's the nature of the kingdom, that we get to feast and celebrate, Mm -hmm. even when it looks like the enemy wants to take us out, because the enemy's a liar. Oh man, I'm happy. (laughs) Even if you're not gonna get happy, I'm gonna get happy. (laughs) Joy can break out in the midst of suffering. Catching and I, we've had some incredible health difficulties in our family, but we've been so happy. Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're happy. <laughs> and I just want to say this for some of you. You're like, well, happy is circumstantial. You know, joy is the real deep thing. Can't you say happiness is an inferior revelation of joy? And happiness requires that your disposition looks different. <laughs> which means joy, which is a greater revelation than happiness must impact on your internal and your external reality. Joy doesn't work if it's not external. When you rock up to your workplace, you carry the atmosphere of joy. Because you see, joy is not dependent on your character or your personality. Or your nationality. Joy is depending on your position in Christ. The Bible says that you are in Christ and he is anointed with the oil of joy above his companions. It means that you don't have to work at joy. You just need a flow in joy. (laughs) You see, the greatest place of warfare is not in you trying to fight at the devil. God says that he loves, the Bible says that God laughs at his enemies. Because God is not sitting there biting his nails thinking, what am I going to do about the Brexit crisis? Listen, if... (laughs) One of the greatest criticisms people bring against me is that they get offended with the amount of joy in the meetings that I have. Joy is not a personality defect that I have. <laughs> Joy is a position that I enjoy in Christ. Some of you just got a revelation on that one. Yeah, if you're getting happy, go ahead and get happy. Yeah. You see, the... The position that Jesus has when he does warfare is that the Bible says he is seated and he is waiting till the enemies that are against him become his footstool. If you're a guest here and you're like, oh my gosh, what church have I just walked into? That's okay. The Bible says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And the reason for our joy is not in what's happening right now around us. It's not even what's happening in this meeting. It's that Jesus is alive and he's real. <laughs> Jesus is so, like, on this thing of our joy that he tells his disciples, listen, when you fast, don't look grumpy. Go and anoint your head, make it shiny so that people don't even realize you're fasting because joy should be the natural overflow of who you are. If you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to laugh, God bless you. Because some of what's happening right now is funny. You're allowed to laugh in church. I, I love it. I, I have some super spiritual people that often come to me and say, I will not laugh in the flesh. How else do you laugh? This is very serious, this joy. These people are too happy in church. Can't be God. Joy is the greatest antidote to anxiety. The problem is I'm getting happy right now. (laughs) And I'm supposed to be the preacher. (laughs) Uh, I haven't even made my point yet. Bible says in the book of James, this is one. It says, count it all joy when various trials and tribulations come your way. One translation puts it this way, to count it all joy is to make a calculation to which joy can be the only logical conclusion. That when you do the math about your bad situation, the result is always going to be joy. To count it all joy is to make a calculation to which joy can be the only logical conclusion. In other words, our worship times need to look a lot happier. Songwriters, please give me something that moves beyond the dust on the ground to some happy worship. Because the greatest act of prophetic demonstration that you can enter into is celebrating now for what's not even yet seen. (laughs) C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Place of joy, provision is not a problem. These guys were living in extreme poverty, yet God gave them grace to be generous with what they had. I I, I wonder if we need to get a whole lot more joy because joy is directly related to generosity. Look, just for some of you who might be going, what on earth is going on? I think it's fairly obvious that some people are getting really happy, which is a good thing. If you're not used to this, that's okay. We find references throughout Scripture about moments like these. In fact, the book of Acts chapter 2 tells us that the Holy Spirit rested on people and they were all filled with joy. So much joy that observers, objective observers thought they were drunk. (laughs) You see, joy is not frivolous. Joy has got purpose in it. You see, the purpose of joy was to bring you and I into salvation. (laughs) Help me, Jesus, preach this message. (laughs) Listen to this. I <laughs> got the Gospel of John. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Do you know, I love that story that Caroline just brought of God providing actually, Why work for it when he can give it to you? I find it fascinating. The reason why God tells you to ask extravagantly from him is that your joy people are like, "I don't know if we can do this prosperity stuff and ask God for good things." It's so that your joy may be complete, but it's not dependent on what you get. It's dependent upon the fact that we are now in the happiest person called Jesus. Man. The aim of your salvation is that your joy might be complete. And I know there might be some of you facing some really difficult things right now. You might be like me facing possible loved one dying. I want to encourage you in the midst of the worst suffering, you can have joy. I say it because I know it. I know it to be true. I want to say this again, if you are embracing your season of suffering without understanding that in the midst of that suffering there can be joy, it is simply self-harm. I, I, I often find it fascinating, who, who volunteers for suffering? But in the midst of suffering, you can know joy. You see, there's great purpose in joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. One of the first things that we do when we face suffering as a couple is we face up to the deep reality of the pain and the suffering that we're facing, and then we choose to laugh. We don't deny the pain or suffering. We just choose to engage with heaven's reality. And so I just want to invite you to go ahead and have some joy. Because you don't have to work for this. You don't have to earn this. The Bible says that His Holy Spirit is in you like a river. And it's bubbling up and it's supposed to flow forth from you. And in a moment, God's going to heal people physically of some physical impossibilities. Because He's still the God of the impossible. Can't you say this? The verse says that we are to get rid of the sin which so easily entangles us. The reason why people like to sin is because it's nice. There is a pleasurable element, albeit a passing pleasure. When you get to understand that at his right hand, A pleasures evermore. And in his presence is joy. Sin becomes something that you throw off easily. You don't have to work at it because you're pursuing a greater level of joy and pleasure. That what the world has to offer becomes cheap costume jewelry in comparison to the real thing. King James, I want to invite you to some happy celebrations. Because whenever we see kingdom demonstrations in the Gospels, when Jesus is talking about what the kingdom is like, he does so in the context of feasting. Food, wine, yummy, hummus. Hummus, hummus. I'm married to a Middle Eastern, and that's how they say it. Some of you like chocolate. Wouldn't it be amazing that when you showed up to your workplace, the center of joy is at your office desk? Because when you begin to understand who and whose you are, joy becomes a culture change around you. We need some more happy people in England. You know, when I first came to England, I intentionally wore bright colors as a prophetic action. And it didn't look that fashionable sometimes, but it was bright. I want to encourage you, you call to reflect the joy and the color of heaven wherever you go. It's not meant to be something you work at. It's meant to be something that grows. Have you ever seen an apple tree work hard at growing? <laughs> apple trees don't work hard at growing. They just grow. <laughs> so, Father, we invite you. Let your joy come. Ken's arms, it's time to celebrate again. Because the greatest the greatest demonstration of being counterculture will be for you to celebrate when everyone else is living in anxiety, depression, and fear. Save so you want some joy, if you're facing some suffering, can I encourage you to get enjoying God again? We love your presence, Lord. If you're a guest and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you, today's a very good day to become a Christian. God is inviting you to come home, that He is so kind, contrary to popular belief, He's not angry with you. He doesn't count your sins against you. And if you don't know what it's like to live free and joyful, today's a good day to find out. We'll have some friends at that wonderful banner called The Message of Jesus on my left your right. And if you just say, hey, I want to find out a bit more, I want to engage a bit more with all this joy stuff that's happening. I've never been to a church quite like this. Yeah, church, church is a happy place. I want to encourage you to go to that side. There will be some friends there who will be able to minister to you and help you. If you are feeling God's joy on you, I want to bless what God's doing very quickly. We've only got five more minutes, and then you're going to need to go get your kids. So if you're a parent and you want in on some joy, I just want to ask you to quickly stand. If you feel His presence, quickly stand. God just wants to bless you. I'm not going to take long on this. And then we'll pray for lots of other people afterwards. Can I just say, we have had, this last year, one of the most joyfully difficult years of our life. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. But it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bless what you're doing right now. I bless what you're doing right now. And I release your joy. I release the intoxicating freedom of heaven right now all over this place, God, I ask you to release an avalanche of happiness in this place, an avalanche of happiness in this place right now, the kind of joy that makes people go, what's going on there? If you're not feeling anything right now, if you're not laughing, please laugh at someone else who is laughing. Ken's arms, it's time to celebrate. It's the season of joy. It's the season of joy. It's the season of joy!